0: Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times best-selling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark.
1: Welcome. From wherever on earth you may reside, it's so good to be with you at least once a week. Hopefully, you share this podcast on demand with family and friends. I'm getting a lot of response. Uh, Obviously, quite a few folks tune in online live right now, but I'm really excited to be part of this Influencers Channel, and I thank God every day that I met Jeff Spinard, who's the producer, creator, owner of this whole... VoiceAmerica.com network that allows those of us who want to spread our wings and fly and share our messages on a broader, more far-reaching platform. He's the he's the guru. He's the Mother Teresa in our lives that allows us to make our dreams come true. Today's show is, uh, uh, could be one of the most important shows I've ever done so far because my guest is Ashley Burgess, and... Uh, Ashley is an is an is an internationally known syndicated radio show host on multiple platforms and networks, including iTunes, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Radio Monterey, Identify Radio UK. And the list goes on and on. <clears throat> but our conversation today with this amazing life coach and a contemporary philosopher, in-demand keynote speaker. Ashley Burgess, is going to be about suicide, the epidemic that's now just sweeping across America and other countries, all 10 provinces of Canada, and with a focus on prevention, what can we do about it? So I'm going to talk and share some of my experiences, my observations, um, until Ashley can join us, and then she'll be on the show for the remainder of the time, so any parents who have... Uh, suffered the, the pain and 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 anger, obviously, of a loved one, a child, killing him or herself, the unanswered questions and the unmatched guilt that one might feel like there had to have been something that I could have done. We need to relieve that knowing that guilt is not a motivator and we've got to stop shaming and blaming ourselves and realize that One of the greatest gifts of God, one of the greatest gifts of the universe is our free will agency to choose and make decisions on our own. And yes, we have the ability to influence those decisions, but you can't control results. You can't coach results. You can only coach behavior, which is driven by attitude. And therefore, let's just have a conversation here until the first break. And as I said, when Ashley Burgess comes on the phone, on hold. I'll have my sound engineer there in Phoenix, Arizona. The amazing sound engineer. I'll have him uh, patch us in immediately, and we can get on with this discussion. So here's my here's my observation. So many young people and so many uh, individuals on our planet are leaving suicide notes and taking their lives because they have been bullied, not just once, but many times, and not just in person, in school, but on the internet, online. Bullying on the internet is is catastrophic, where people feel like they have no accountability, they can get away with murder, they can say whatever they want, they can slander and put others down. And so what I want to, what I really want to do is stand up for those who are being bullied with an understanding that gives them strength of character instead of feeling like they're of no worth. You see, the the psychological side of bullying is that these individuals are so insecure – And so lost and stagnant in their world, they've stopped dreaming dreams, and when you lose your dreams, you die. That's why we have so many people walking the halls of life who are dead and they don't even know it yet. The true sign and definition of a bully is some insecure wuss who has to put somebody else down to make themselves feel better about who they are. Because they're not progressing, they have to be the bully and put someone else down physically in a fight. Or put someone down emotionally by saying derogatory things or cutting them or gossiping behind their back to try and somehow make themselves feel better about who they are. You know, tongue-in-cheek, why do people, why do some people watch Jerry Springer on TV? It's because their life sucks and while they're sitting there with a beer in their hand and their gut hanging over their belt... And chowing down on their Doritos, they're watching people on Jerry Springer with the mindset, whoa, my life sucks. But at least it doesn't suck as, as bad as their lives suck. And at least when we get divorced, we won't be cousins. Why would somebody want to watch a show that invites us to put other people down to somehow make us feel like we're making progress? I don't get it. And on a positive note, I know you've heard me pontificate about the definition of best. Gathering together in corporate settings and in business and organizational meetings and sitting around a round table to have a discussion of best practices is obsolete and it's been creating limiting beliefs in our organizations. It's literally holding us back. Why? because the mindset well he's doing it so you know don't blame me you know it's like the the, the 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 guy who's competing against the market instead of against himself so what i say is best is only relevant depending on what you compare it against are you tall are you short are you wide are you thin are you fast are you slow are you smart are you stupid are you pretty or are you pretty ugly? Says who? Compared to what? And when we talk about suicide prevention, we better, we better play this scenario out from hello to goodbye. If you put a young lady battling anorexia or bulimia, if you put a young man who's been bullied, if you put someone on a deserted island who doesn't like him or herself, who doesn't feel enough, who doesn't feel adequate in this world of ours. If you put that young lady and that young man on a deserted island and the young lady had no access to fashion magazines or the Photoshop twiggy models that are so unreal, would she suddenly love herself just the way she is? Would she suddenly accept herself for who she is with a desire to become the best version of herself? Remember, The way we raised our four children was on simple quotable quotes, like the only person you need to be better than is the person you were yesterday. And how about if you sit around wondering if your glass is half empty or half full, you've missed the point. It's refillable. Thinking positively or thinking negatively does not fill up the glass The pouring does. It's easier to act your way into positive thinking than it is to think your way into positive action. It's not the sugar that makes the tea sweet. It's the stirring. It's the process. Pain is a signal to grow, not to suffer. Once we learn the lesson the pain teaches us, the pain goes away. So in life, there's no mistakes, only lessons. What we have to understand is that if we get knocked down seven times, we have the ability to get up eight if we're not over medicated, which flatlines our human spirit to flee or fight. That's one of the reasons why our America is so screwed up right now from the inside out experiencing and perpetuating a suicide epidemic people are giving up because they have no human spirit inside of them to say fight wait a minute when someone says no you can't you should say oh yeah watch me when someone says I don't believe in you you say it's okay if I'm good enough for Jesus I'm good enough for you it's so critically important that we start calling what it is as we say in the old vernacular, calling a spade a spade, we, we got to stop dancing around and tiptoeing through the tulips. Best is only relevant depending on what you compare it against. Albert Einstein said, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its entire life believing it is stupid, We've got to stop competing and comparing ourselves with someone else and start becoming the best version of ourselves. And that doesn't begin by sitting on a sofa or being sedentary and just playing video games and isolating ourselves from the world. Psychologists teach us, my friends, that the brain is magnificent and complex as it is. It can only entertain one thought at a time. So if you're feeling depressed, snap out of it by... by changing that that down thought to an up thought get out of the darkness and seek the light we all know about the 12-step program from Alcoholics Anonymous for over 75 years they've been the most successful non-medical solution to beating any addiction Congratulations, AA. God bless the gentleman who invented it and put together this program. Do you realize that step number one of this famous 12-step program is admit that you have a challenge, admit that you have a problem? You know, the man in the mirror. We got to stop fooling ourselves. But what they say is, that you can get the first 11 of the 12 steps down, Pat, where they become automatic thoughts and behaviors in your life. But if you don't get step number 12 down and obey it and live it every day, you will start drinking again. Step number 12 is find another addict and help him or her in their recovery. So ladies and gentlemen, when we feel like we're down, The quickest way for us to feel strong and to strengthen our heart is to reach down and help somebody else up. It's through service before self. It's so critically important that we understand that if we get ourselves in a situation where we believe that we're at the end of our rope, where we actually start thinking about hurting ourselves, that we want to give up and that we ultimately want to die and take our own life. What we have to understand is that when we use the excuse or the explanation, I've hit rock bottom, that we're lying to ourselves, no one ever hits rock bottom. We hit rock foundation. When we get a bump in the road, when our relationships go south, when someone breaks our heart, when we lose our business, when we go through the loss of a, a loved one, the devastating divorce, when we lose our job, and yes, we are down and out We have not hit rock bottom. What we've done is we've hit rock foundation. We've hit rock belief. We've hit how we've been raised. What are our core values? And if we know what we believe and the reason behind that belief, and we know that the best is yet to be that no matter what your past has been, you have a spotless future, that you can't always control what happens, but you can always control what happens next, Somehow we'll believe the lyrics to one of my songs, hold on, in two more days, tomorrow's yesterday. Just hang in there. And remember, as we said earlier, pain is a signal to grow, not to suffer. Once we learn the lesson the pain is teaching us, the pain goes away. Do you realize when I was paralyzed playing football, and for those of you who haven't listened in on some of the earlier shows, I played American football for 13 years. And one day I was hitting a tackling drill, a practice and I was left paralyzed for 14 months. I compressed my seventh cervical vertebrae, I severed the axillary nerve in my right deltoid muscle and I severed a grade level two concussion. I stayed paralyzed for 14 months, 16 doctors told me I would never get any better and as I started to get better, I was asked to speak and that's how I became a professional speaker and author and a songwriter. I parlayed that into something positive that now, as devastating, as as decimating as that experience was, I publicly admit that my paralysis was clearly one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Don't misunderstand. My accident wasn't one of the best things that happened to me. But who I became as a man and what I learned about life and priority and the sacredness of time as a result of going through that setback clearly makes it one of the best things that ever happened to me. So as we go to our first commercial break, think about this. Today, you've never been this old before, and today, you'll never be this young again. So right now matters, and every right now matters. And may I echo once, once again, which means no matter what your past has been, you have a spotless future. When I got hit, and my entire dream schedule, my entire destiny unraveled before my eyes as I truly wanted so badly to be an NFL superstar and a major league baseball pitcher superstar. And when I was injured and realized that that would never continue to be one of my dreams, I thought I was depressed. I thought I hit rock bottom. And the reason why I say, I thought I was depressed because if you think you're depressed, you are, but most of the people in our world who are saying they're depressed, who are claiming that they're depressed are not depressed. Yes, we have loved ones and friends, and perhaps several listeners on this show who are, have been clinically diagnosed with a chemical imbalance. And yes, they need medication, and from us, they need non-judgmental friendship and unconditional love. We need to run to meet them and help them in every single way we possibly can to help them feel wanted, important, lovable, capable that they can succeed, that they can get up again every time they're knocked down. But do you realize when I was paralyzed playing football, I didn't suddenly have a chemical imbalance? I did not hit rock bottom. I hit rock foundation. But because I was confused in the moment, because fatigue makes cowards of us all, and because I was inundated by people who were feeling sorry for me, I started feeling sorry for myself. And as I said, I thought I was depressed. Now that I've recovered and I look back, do you realize... What I learned is so significant to this conversation today. There's a giant difference between being depressed and being disappointed. There's a huge difference between being depressed and being discouraged and being sad. If someone in your family dies, if you lose a mother, a father, a sibling, if you lose a friend, and you're grieving, you have a right to grieve, you have a a right to be sad. You have a right to mourn, but at some point we have to realize that when my dad died, as much as I missed him, he died, I did not. I still need to live by the mantra, the only person I need to be better than is the person I was yesterday, and that's how I make my dad proud of me, and I keep the good name that he gave me alive and well. We do not need medication. Our physicians are so irresponsible now, generally speaking, they just medicate elderly people in, a, in an assisted living center so that they become non-functional to the point where they're low maintenance and they don't have to do anything because they're not doing anything. Are you kidding me? A kid says I'm depressed. A kid says I'm down. A kid says I'm being this or that, bullied. And you want to medicate him to flatline his emotions? That's the most irresponsible use of medication I have ever heard in my life. Two national American statistics to chew on while we go to my first commercial break. Waiting for my my guest, the amazing Ashley Burgess. Do you realize that the sixth leading cause of death in America is checking into a hospital? And the fifth leading cause of death in america is opioid or opiate sorry i can't even say it i'm glad i can't say it opioid o p i o i d opioid overdose prescription medication whoa We've got to do something about the flatlining of America, which I believe is one of the major causes for our suicide epidemic, and come back after this commercial break to start talking about what we can do to prevent it. Right now, it seems like every single movement out there, every single association, every single meeting that's trying to galvanize government and religion and... Ecclesiastical leaders and parents and school administrators, all they're talking about are these are the red flags that you need to look for. And here are the resources which basically just say: here's how you contact the police, here's how you contact special member services, here's how you contact the the, the, the individuals in the hospitals who will come and get your child, who will come and get your loved one. And that's not prevention. It's better to build a fence at the edge of the cliff than it is to park an ambulance in its base. And we need to start talking about prevention when we come back from this commercial message. This is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com. My upcoming guest will be Ashley Burgess, who's an internationally known talk show host and clinical psychologist. And we're going to be spending the rest of this hour talking about the epidemic of suicide in our country and what we can do to prevent it. She is amazing. This is the Influencers Channel. Dan Clark will be back in just a moment.
0: Change starts here change starts now join us the voice america influencers channel if you're an event meeting planner like me you have two ongoing challenges You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme, so your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com.
1: Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at Keyword Voice America.
0: You're listening to The Art of Significance featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795 or drop down a line via email to Dan Clark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again
1: is Dan Clark. Welcome back. My guest uh, this next half hour of my show after another short commercial break coming up soon will be Ashley Burges. And as I said before the break, she's a talk show host and clinical psychologist and we're going to be talking about the epidemic of suicide in America which spills over into the 10 provinces of Canada and all over the world. Because as, as I've traveled the world now spoken in 65 countries to 200 of the fortune 500 companies, I realize we all regardless of the color of our skin, regardless of our gender, regardless of our, our native language, we all cry for the same reasons. We all laugh for the same reasons. We think the same thoughts. We need the same amount of love and affection and human touch Leadership is an analog job in a digital world, and we need to keep remembering that. Because our conversation today is about suicide prevention, and, and I'm bringing on Ashley Burgess. Let me just tell you a little teeny bit about her so when she comes on, you, you know who you need to gather your friends and coworkers and family members around your computer to listen to. Ashley Burgess's syndicated radio show airs in over 30 markets six days a week. And you can find her on networks including iTunes, Spreaker, iHeart Radio, Radio Monterey, Identify Radio, UK, and KLIF 570 News. And as a featured video content contributor, Ashley is read by over six million visitors month. Six million visitors a month on the diverse idea-based social media platform called The Good Men Project. And her weekly column hits on sex and relationships, dads and families, marriage advice, and confessions. And we're definitely gonna get into that stuff before I I tune out today. Uh, Ashley is also the author of the celebrated books Live Your True Life and her latest, The 10-Day Challenge to Live Your True Life which is the guidebook for busy people who want to make valuable changes to their life. And having dealt with many challenging times in her personal life beginning at a young age, Ashley has learned to persevere through it all and has become an inspiration for others. You don't want to go anywhere. So I've been on a rant here for the first few minutes of this show because I have a mixture of sadness and anger Every single time I find out that someone has taken his or her own life. Uh, Here in Utah, we need to just talk. As I got after the physicians in our state, this is the reason why. I've been the keynote speaker a couple of years in a row at the Utah Pharmacists Association. So I was privy to some inside information as I was preparing my remarks. I'm on the conference call with the meeting planning committee and asking questions and the executive director blew my mind. He told me that physicians in Utah prescribe 400% more Prozac than any other state in the country. You cannot tell me that we have 400% more depressed People in Utah than in any other state. You need to come to our state. We have these magnificent rocky mountains and world class skiing. I was on the the Olympic Committee with Mitt Romney back in the 2002 Winter Olympics. We have amazing lakes and rivers and, and, and fishing and hunting. This is the greatest place on the planet to raise a family because of our our values and our emphasis on family togetherness and our workforce, work ethic that is attracting so many of the high-tech companies to our now new famous Silicon Slopes. We've got to understand something then. This has to be a gross misdiagnosis of our young people, of our mothers, of our all ages, receiving Prozac from supposedly a responsible physician who graduated from medical school. I would suspect that every one of these physicians graduated last in their medical school. I don't know about you. If my sweet father was going in for open heart surgery, I don't want a surgeon operating on my dad who graduated last in his class. I seek excellence in everything I do. And obviously, you know, we become the average of the five people we associate with the most. So we need to start seeking out a higher class of loser, as we say in country music. 400% more Prozac prescribed in Utah. Are you kidding me? Now let's get to the serious, serious statistic that was just revealed as public knowledge. We brought in CDC, the Center for Disease Control out of Atlanta, Georgia, and they did a comprehensive analysis of Utah with surveys and interviews and do you know what they reported in 2017 we had 23,000 suicide attempts in our wonderful great state of Utah 23,000 attempts and one of the the most recent reports i just heard was a young kid in high school was dating this girl and the girl said you know what you know, this is my senior year, and I really don't want to be tied down to a specific boyfriend. Boyfriend, Let's just be friends. Okay, cool. Wow. The kid goes home and blows his head off because his so-called girlfriend put him in the friend zone. May I repeat what we started to talk about at the beginning of the show? When you have a bump in your road, you don't hit rock bottom, you hit rock foundation, you hit rock belief, you hit how you've been raised and what your core values are. And if this kid's identity and his whole sense of self-worth and 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 love was predicated on a girl's opinion of him and his ability to ask her out and hold her hand, make out in the back seat, whatever the case may be. His entire identity was wrapped in a girl's opinion of him and what she said or said he could or could not do. Are you kidding me? So you don't say, "Wow, well, what's the red flag? You get to the prevention side of it, and we need to start teaching our young men and young women about the significance of who they are, that they are born in this world for a reason. And if you can visualize my hands rotating in a counterclockwise clockwise, uh, way, actually my left hand in front of me is rotating in a clockwise fashion, and my right hand is rotating in a counterclockwise fashion. And so every time they make a full circle, they collide just for a minute. They collide. My fingers touch now. My fingers touch now. My fingers touch now. Well, that's called human orbit and divine rendezvous, meaning that people are put in our lives for a reason. From a spiritual perspective, when we pray, God answers our prayers through other people. We need to be sensitive to those around us And realize that we can actually help them see the light of who they are and who they were born to be. My dad always told me, be the best you you can be because you're going to make a lousy somebody else. And if you spend your whole life trying to be somebody else, who's going to be you? Especially as a teenager. So can we just get to the heart and soul of, of what the solution is? I've taught public speaking now for ten years at the university level, and for my final examination, I always have what I call the last lecture. Obviously, I did not coin that phrase, and I'm not plagiarizing. We've all heard it, and we've hopefully we've seen the the magnificent video that was that was that was filmed live on Oprah Winfrey that is. Sh- sh- that's accessible on the internet many, many times where a father professor decides to go on video and leave his last lecture so that when he dies, his little kids will know who he is as their father, how cool and how touching and how tear So I capitalized on that and I told my students, now visualize 18 to maybe 24, 25-year-old students at a university, their final examination is if you had one hour to live, what would you say to the world? And my very first student, I'm a brand new professor, my pedagogy, which is my teaching style and system, is still being ironed out. And she blew my mind and everybody else in our class's mind. She's this young, beautiful, buffed, very strong young lady who has paid for her college education and is continuously paying for a college education by riding shotgun as an EMT in an ambulance. So she's on the passenger side. And their first responders to accidents around, uh, around her university. How did she start her speech? The introduction shared that that's what she does now to pay for school. And she said at the beginning, looks everyone in the eyes and she says, have you ever seen anybody die? And obviously she pauses, which makes us all squirm, squirm, squirm. And then she says, I have. She says, as a first responder riding in an ambulance, we came on the scene of a motorcycle crash. A young 17-year-old boy was speeding on his motorcycle, wearing no helmet, lost control, and slammed into a tree. She said, as the first responder, she was cuddling him in her arms when he took his last breath and died. And then she paused again, and she looks at all of us in our classroom, all of her audience members, and she said, here's my question. Did this kid's life matter? He was only 17, and did his life matter? Well, obviously, the add-on question is matter to who? Well, first, it should matter to himself, because the scriptures are, are plain and simple. Love you know, God with all of our heart, mind and strength, and then love our neighbors as ourselves, not more than, not less than, but as much as we love ourselves. Did this 17-year-old kid's life matter? And here's the challenge and here's the preventive steps to suicide prevention. How many times have we asked a seventh grader, a grade seven kid who's about 12, do you like being in the seventh grade? And they say no. And I always say, wait a minute. You better say yes. Do you know why? You have no other choice. You better be the best seventh grader you can be because you're not in the eighth grade yet. You ask a 17-year-old, do you like being 17? How many of them would say, no, I can't wait till I'm out of this place. I'm so tired of the children. I can't wait till I get out of high school. The answer has to be, do you like being 17? Yes, I do. Why? You have no other choice. You've got to be the best you can be right now. And that's what we need to start focusing in on in prevention is to focus in on what matters right now, being present in the moment with the reality that some people don't want to live in the present because their present sucks. So I'm here to talk to Ashley Burgess. I cannot wait to get her perspective on suicide prevention and not just identifying the red flags and how to contact someone to come when there's, an, a, when there's a, an emergency. We need to get to the heart and soul of what really matters and of all the guests I've had on my show for all these long months. Ashley Burgess, as this talk show host and clinical psychologist, I want to to bring her on the show right now. Ashley, I have already read your magnificent short bio. I know I could have read page after page. But I wanted to do that before you joined us on air so that I wouldn't take away from our precious interview time. All of my listeners know you're all that in a bag of chips. They know that your syndicated radio personality and talk show that live your true life perspectives and your book and your celebrity perspective. I just uh, I, I can't go on enough about how cool it is to have you on my show. How are you?
2: Thank you so much, Dan. I love your show and I'm honored to be on it today. Thank you.
1: No problem. Well, let's just get right to the heart and soul. What I tried to do to the best of my ability is lay the foundation by by airing some, some really bad laundry here in the great state of Utah. I live here in the mountains of Utah by Snowbird Ski Resort. And I shared with the audience that I was the keynote speaker for two years in a row to the Utah Pharmacists Association. And I was privy to some inside information because I was trying to get some some inside scoop to, to figure out what my message would, message would be. And they shared with me that that physicians in Utah prescribe 400% more Prozac than any other state in the US. And I said, that's got to be a gross malpractice. That's got to be a huge misdiagnosis because you can't convince me that we have 400% more depressed people in Utah than anywhere else in the country. So instead of just talking about red flags, I want to turn it over to you. Teach us about how you got involved in, in so passionately uh, uh, in this, this idea of, of living your true life. And, and let's tie it in before we get off the air into suicide prevention. So take it away, my friend.
2: Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate and What a wonderful intro. and What a wonderful show. I'm just glad to be a part of it. You know, I, I came up with the concept of living your true life because, uh, you know, I've been down several roads myself and you know life has not always been happy there wasn't always gratitude and it took a while for me to realize you know how much gratitude we need how to get that and not to fake it and, and to actually be real with it and one of the most important things that I think if anybody was going to take away one thing from this show today or for that matter is to think about the fact that we have this one life to live we can create an amazing life or we can create a life that's not so amazing And I've realized that we have the power to do that. And when we begin to realize the power that we have inside and we begin to hone in on that and harness that power, we can create some magnificent stuff, but it takes us to do a lot of things, right? It takes us to let go of our past. It takes us to forgive a lot of things. It takes us to get rid of anger and resentment. And a lot of that stuff, you know, I'm not saying it's easy because it's hard. It's doing the hard work and it's working to clean house on every single level because I want to live a life, and that's what I worked on, living a life that I created for myself, not the luggage and the baggage that was given to me, not the environmental stuff, not the, uh, not the stuff that I had to deal with when I was being raised that wasn't so healthy. Because remember, as kids in our family, our parents are God, you know, and we look up to them for everything, and because we're, it's the only family we have and it's the only childhood we have, we don't realize what childhood is healthy and which one is unhealthy, And so when we go through unhealthy childhood and we come out as adults, if we don't rectify and deal with that immediately and deal with those things and see the difference between us and outside and finding that unconditional love within us, then we're going to go down a path that's probably not as successful as the other option.
1: I love it. Okay, let me ask you a deep question. Are you ready? Put on your seatbelt. So I was paralyzed. I'm ready, I'm ready. I, I, I played football for 13 years. I was paralyzed for 14 months. As I started to get better, I was asked to speak. And that's how I became a, an author and a, and a speaker. And when I was paralyzed, Ashley, I had so many friends and family members. I knew they cared, but I had so many of them come up to me and say, I know what you're going through. And I used to think, you don't have a freaking clue. And so the definition of sales is the transference of trust. When we get ourselves in a predicament, how can we? how do how do we know how do you as a clinical psychologist allow us to know that you've been there done that got the t-shirt that we can trust you because you have actually walked in our shoes too many people say i know what you're going through and because they don't know they give us bogus advice or they take us down a wrong path and obviously you want to 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 lead us down the right path that allow to that allow us to heal from the inside out what do you do as a clinical psychologist Listeners right now, there are probably some folks who are a little down and out, who think they're depressed. What are you going to say to them?
2: You know, Dan, uh, your story is is powerful, and it's, it's, uh, I, I also, too, have a very powerful story, and I was born with a condition that nobody understood. I went through years and years of, of having tests and having surgeries run. I had three experimental surgeries run on myself. I almost died on the table two different times. I have a condition that 180 people in the world have. I did not know, and it was not diagnosed until I was in my early 20s. My whole life was like that. And there was times where I couldn't see the forest through the trees. There was times that I thought alcohol would help out. There were times that I turned to other things that I shouldn't turn to that were unhealthy. Because why? Because I, I, I had a low self-esteem because I said, if we can't even figure out what this is, then what's the worth? And so I've been there. I've been there where getting out of bed before noon was not going to happen. I've been there where I felt like nobody understood where I was. I've been there. I have resurrected myself. And then I began to find value. And the one thing that was the hardest thing to find was my own love for self. Because I realized that at some point in time in my life, I did not like myself. I loathed myself. And I know that there's a lot of people right now that are going through it. it. There's pain, there's suffering, you're down on yourself, there's not a lot of self-esteem, you're feeling very insecure. You, and the biggest thing is, is that you're wondering, what is my value? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? And, and the one thing that I really talk with my clients when they first come in and they're going through these types of challenges and they have talked about maybe thinking about killing themselves or pills or addiction or what have you there's one thing that every single person on this planet does better than anybody else in the world. And we just got to find that because you're here for a reason and there's a calling. But in order to find that calling and to find that reason, you've got to find within you a reason to live. You've got to find within you some value that resonates past other people's decisions, past other people's valuing of you Even if everybody is against you, you've got to find that value. And it took me to find it. It wasn't my mom's love or or anybody that turned away from me or wasn't this or a friendship. I had to find that because I realized until I found that, I was going to be looking for love and acceptance in all the wrong places. And it wasn't until I found my own value. And it took a lot. It took pain and suffering. It took loneliness and there was depression involved, and I get it. And so from my perspective, there's a lot of people out there that will talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. They haven't been down it. And because they haven't been down it, they don't know the real reasons of how and how to get out of it. And that's exactly. something that I'm good at is helping with my clients is I've been down this road. Yes, was it a medical issue? Yes. But did I try to self-medicate? Sure. Did I try to go to all the different places to get help that were the wrong places to go to? Yes. Was I self-sabotaging myself? Heck yes. Okay, why was I doing that? Because I didn't love myself. Because I saw myself as a burden to the people around me.
1: Wow. You know, I've had an opportunity to interview a lot of young men and young women who have attempted suicide. They didn't complete their suicides, thank God, but they attempted. And as I interviewed them, every one of them said that they knew they were liked. They believed they were loved, but they didn't believe they were needed. And when we don't feel like we're needed, why hang around? And my comment to that was, and that's a rhetorical question to you, because of the society in which we live, most of us can't afford to wait for somebody to tell us or show us that they love us or tell us or show us that we are needed. We have to do something on a daily basis to prove to ourselves that we are loved, to prove to ourselves that we are needed. So the kicker word is to participate more, get involved through service before self, helping someone else. Not, not dependency, not codependency. We both know those are really horrible conditions but how do you agree? Do you disagree that we need to do something on a daily basis to prove to ourselves that we are needed? Because in my mind, the way we create self love and understand our true value that we're supposed to be here, like you just said, is to participate. So we prove to ourselves that we're supposed to be here, that we're actually, you know, we're adding to the solution, not causing the problem. What do you think?
2: I totally agree with you. I mean, Think about it. We can do one of two things, right? We can play the game, in the game of life. We can get in it, or we can stand on the sidelines and and, and watch other people do it. You know, and and my thing about life is this, is that we got to be really paying attention when we step to the sidelines. The more we get involved, the more we help other people, we get outside of ourselves. And that's one thing that I found is that, you know, when people are down and there's a lot of depression there's a, it's like an auto-response is to do what? To divide off from other people, to sequester oneself, to basically be alone. And what I've found is the best thing you can do is to help. You know, when you're feeling down and you're feeling like you you don't offer value, well, I'll tell you one thing. You go down to a homeless shelter, you go down and help whoever. You help some, the SPCA, whoever animals that don't have a voice, and you start helping and you start doing something, you, you know, underprivileged kids, whatever it is that you want to do, the value of you are going to change because we as humans, are we have a service duty. And the more we give of ourselves, no matter what you think about the value, you're changing people's lives, you're doing amazing things, but you know what, internally, you know what that's telling you internally in your subconscious mind, you know what, I'm helping people. I'm helping I love
1: people. It. So through service, what you're saying, Ashley, is through service, both the giver and receiver of the service are transformed in the in the, in the the environment and in the action.
2: Most definitely. You know, one of the things that I work with with clients who are, this is an idea that I came up with a few years ago, clients who are newly divorced around the Christmas holidays and they don't have any children and the other spouse, the ex-spouse is already remarried. They go, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to sit around the house by myself. For the first Christmas in 12 years and just sit here and I go, no, I don't expect you to do that at all because I've already gone on and called these two different shelters that you can serve Christmas food to. You can do a breakfast and a lunch and a dinner if you want. And I, you know, and at first their faces are like, there's just no way. And every person that's taken me up on that, it literally when they come back into the office, they are grinning from ear to ear. They've realized that they, ha- they can impact this world in such a way that they didn't even know existed.
1: Wow. Okay, so let's just focus totally on preventing this suicide epidemic. Um, What's causing the epidemic? And then let's figure out a solution before we go off the air.
2: Wow, yes. This has been going on for... The thing is, is that, you know, Dan, you and I both know that this has been going on for a long time. It's just with technology, news, social media... We're now seeing it escalate because it's in our face. And we haven't had this conversation. It's time to have the conversation because depression is a disease. It's a chemical imbalance in the brain. And, a lot, you know, it's like if you broke an arm, if you and I go out and we're playing touch football and I fall down and I break my arm, I need to go to the doctor because I need to have my arm set and I need to make sure there's nothing wrong with it. I need to get an x-ray done. I need to get some work done. I probably need to wear a cast for a certain time. It's the same thing with depression. And I think we just need to get out of the mindset that somebody with depression is a bad person or lesser than. And what's happening is that this is like a culmination of I'm depressed. I'm lonely. I'm scared to speak up or I'm depressed. I'm lonely. I've tried to speak up, but nobody understands me. I'm going to isolate. I'm going to separate myself from my peers. And then, you know, I'm going to leave myself to my own devices when i feel helpless and i'm going to commit this act of taking my own self out of the equation
1: exactly i understand that so what we need to do then is <clears throat> is avoid halts hungry angry lonely tired and sad which are emotionally distorted conditions that allow us not to feel not to not to love not to think clearly not to appreciate not to serve and those are easy things that most of us have an opportunity to 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 be proactive on we can we can replace our hunger we can replace our our anger we can replace our loneliness and our fatigue and our sadness but what i heard you say about depression is very very interesting to me because if we And this is rhetorical too, my friend. You're the expert, not me. If we, what I heard you say is that if we started looking at depression as an injury, you know, the new science for PTSD is to eliminate the D. It's no longer post-traumatic stress disorder. It's not a disorder. It's not a syndrome. It's post-traumatic stress that all of us, every one of our listeners have experienced to some degree in our lives. If we start looking at PTSD and depression as an injury, What you just reminded me, Ashley, is that I, as an athlete, I've been hurt so many times. I've broken so many bones, blown out so many parts of my body. But when I went through the proper steps of rehabilitation, every single part of my body that was injured became stronger than it was before I injured it, including my heart. And so what you're saying is, as a clinical psychologist, what I'm hearing you say is that no matter what your predicament is... Depression's a disease, a chemical imbalance. So we have no right to flippantly use that word to describe ourselves when we're only grieving or when we're only sad. Let's just differentiate between someone who's depressed and someone who thinks they're depressed. But as a clinical psychologist... Are you saying that that no matter what is happening in your life, you can find help, that it's not a sign of weakness to seek help, it's actually a sign of strength? Every great athlete has a coach, every great musician still takes lessons. Why do we think it's a social taboo to go seek some help when we're having mental health issues? We need to look at that as a sign of strength, of character, that I'm seeking help to be the best version of myself. Do you agree?
2: I totally agree because getting right with ourself and learning about ourselves, and understanding ourselves, and loving ourselves unconditionally is the most powerful place we can be at. And it takes work. And just like going to school, we had to go to school. Just like anything else in life, we need help from people, help from our friends, help from therapists, help from whatever, and asking for help. And if you ask for help from one person and they don't seem receptive, find someone else. And I love continue it. to push that because it's so important. You're valuable. We're all valuable. Once we, we might not even see the value right now, but to go and actually ask for help, it's a real disease. It's a real thing. And there should not be anything taboo about it. It should be about, hey, I want to get right with me, and I don't feel like I'm right with me. I want to do what's right and spend the time to figure out what I need to do to get right with myself.
1: I love it. I love it. Okay, so we have just a few minutes left. How do people join your tribe? I definitely need to have you back on the show time and time again. You'll be that resident psych, you know, that that real resident shrink. With all due respect, that I can ask you all the key <laughs> questions of the day. But tell us right now in real time, how can we join your tribe? How can we find you on the net? How do people get a hold of you to be this amazing keynote speaker?
2: Thank you. Dan, by the way, I would love to be a resident psych. And I love, I love for that. So thank you so much. And I look forward to being offered that as well, as well as you can find me at Ashley com, Ashley B E R G E S.com. And I have a new show out on Amazon prime, uh, Amazon prime series, the celebrity perspective.
1: I love it. Is there a, a, a covert, number phone number they can call to book you as a speaker or would you prefer for them to get a hold of you online
2: well actually if they go to ashleyburgess.com b-e-r-g-e-s.com they can just go to the contact and they can send me a message and i'll i'll get back with them in 24 hours 48 hours and we can uh, we can talk by phone right after that would be great and if they want okay. you know if it's client or keynote
1: I'm, I'm right here okay we have two minutes left in the show i want to put you on the hot seat You have the 10-day challenge to live your true life. Whip through them as fast as you can to touch our lives.
2: Wow, okay. Yeah, 10-day challenge. It's uh, my latest book. It's about creating boundaries uh, with people. A lot of us don't have boundaries because we want to be loved, but we want to be loved at all costs. So we'll allow people to walk all over us like a doormat, no more. Uh, Dealing with negativity and energy suckers in our life, being able to find those folks and be able to safeguard ourselves in good ways so that we keep positive and don't, well, I think negativity just gets on everybody. It's almost like a like a virus. So you got to be careful. It's about finding self love. Do you love yourself? That's one of the questions and one of the one of the days of the book. You know, what are the values that you stand for? What's important to you? Um, there's a lot of stuff. Expectations are overrated. We can't expect things out of people. We only can expect things out of ourselves. And the biggest thing is how to really focus on unconditional love. How to deal with relationships in our life how to overcome these negative relationships, these unhealthy relationships in our life, and better yet to be better than we were yesterday and working not to compete against other people because that's just, um, it's not real, you know? We got to actually work on being better than we were yesterday. And if that means getting help or asking for help from a therapist, whatever that is, or reaching out to a friend and asking them to help out, that's what it matters because... It, once we see our value to some degree, we realize that the more and more we love ourselves, the more our amazing gifts we can give to the world come out, and that's when we are successfully helping ourselves, but also the world by giving back.
1: I love it. Okay, we have uh, thirty seconds. I could, you know, maybe lip sync three Britney Spears songs and end with a meaningful like poem, that. but I you think do that, that yeah, that'd I like just that. be so so wrong. <laughs> so, what's your one one line message to the world? I've always believed I teach public speaking. I've always believed that if you can't write your message out in one minute, you can't explain it to an audience in 60 minutes. So what's your one bottom line message to the world, Ashley, so we can remember?
2: Well, for right now, it's be, be like, you know, the way of the dog. The dog is happy nowhere to where the dog goes. The dog goes on a walk. It might be the same walk the dog goes on every day, but it's happy. Be in that moment. Get in the moment. Get outside of your head and get in the moment and live and every single thing you do be a part of that instrumentally and that moment and experience life and see it for all it is in the moment instead of devaluing it or expecting something in the future
1: i love it my guest has been ashley burgess she's a internationally known talk show host and clinical psychologist and the host of her new amazon series the celebrity perspective uh, unashamedly, Ashley, I say I love you, I honor you and your work, and I can't wait to have you back. Thanks so much. This is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com, the Influencers Channel. You can join my tribe at danclark.com, click on receive free gifts and training, and let's just keep in touch. Remember our military and your troops. God bless America, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks
0: for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success.